Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We have a very exciting show right now for you. And I know some of you or most of you think, well, you know, it's a time to make New Year's resolutions. And if you're like most people, you know, you've made some resolutions. So I think I'll do this different this year. But the odds are like, I'm gonna lose 25 pounds. You and I know the odds of that happening are slim to none. Or I'm gonna quit smoking, or I'm gonna start a new business, or I'm gonna save more money, or I'm gonna study more. And what happens for most people, it's called BS, blue sky. You know, it's just these thoughts you have, but most people never follow through. You know, I was at a conference long time ago, and there was a guy named Zig Ziglar up on stage. He was, a, he was one of my heroes. So I was listening to him up there talk from the stage. Never think of that, someday I would be up there. But he said to the audience, he says, I'm writing this book for 4% of you. 96% of you will read the book and do nothing. And I thought that was quite an interesting thought from Zig Ziglar, because he's, he's a very nice man. But he was pretty blunt about it. He says, only 4% of you ever get anything done in your life. And that's why most people aren't really that successful. So uh, our guest today is Mr. John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F. -F. He's a New York Times bestseller, he's author and speaker. And his latest book is called Finish, Give yourself the gift of done. In other words, if you say you're gonna lose 25 pounds or you're gonna make an extra 100,000 this year, how would you feel if you actually did it? That's the big difference. Any comments, Kim? Well, I, I find it really interesting when I go to my gym. I've been going to this gym for like 12 years and the first two weeks of January are packed. <laughs> They're packed. It's like it's crowded. There's not a lot of room to move. And then on that third week, all of a sudden, it all lightens up. <laughs> and everybody's kind of disappeared. So one thing that John says in his book, Finish, is that 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. 92%. Well, Zig Ziglar was even worse, 96%. Yeah. And so I, this is what I love is John's, uh, he wrote a book called Start in 2013, Punch Fear in the Face, Escape Average, and Do Work That Matters. So he did the book Start, but then he realized that when people start, sometimes that's easy to start, but it's hard to finish. Yep. So we're gonna find out how you finish. <laughs> 
And you know, like if you're going to go to the gym, don't sign an annual contract. No. Just go day to day. That's good financial advice. <laughs> so, John, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's an exciting time of year to talk about topics like this. So, John, why did you write this book, Finish? Well, a big part of it was, as your wife mentioned, I wrote Start, and a bunch of people came up to me over the years since and said, hey, thanks for writing that. It helped me, you know, but I've started a million things. Starting is easy. I can, you know, I have 50 URL domain names registered that I've never done anything with. I have a, a treadmill that I now hang clothes on, in the, you know, in the garage. I can start a thousand things. What does it look like to actually finish? And I, I didn't have a good answer for my own life. The, the funny story I like to tell is, it took me three years to do six days of P90X, and that's, that's really <laughs> not optimal. That's, 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 that was a really hyped uh, infomercial on these guys with who, who look like me, and then next thing they, they look like you know Schwarzenegger or something. Well, and, and I kept meeting people that were good at finishing things like P90X or actually finishing, and so I got really curious and partnered with a Ph.D. named Mike Peasley from the University of Memphis, and we studied nearly 900 people for six months to say, okay, what does it take to actually be a finisher? Because that's like another one that's really sad is 81% of Americans, according to the New York Times, want to write a book, and every year less than 1% do. And that has a cost. As you know, you've met a million people that say, Robert, I want to change my finances. It's a cause of stress. It's a cause of heartache. But then they don't, which means they're just going to continue carrying that stress and heartache further into life. And so that's why I wrote Finish was I wanted to kind of unleash all these people that said, I want to lose weight. I want to write a book. I want to do a business and give them practical tools that will help them actually complete the thing that matters. Okay, so you have three types of people. People who do nothing, and we all know a lot of them. Every, you know, Today is the same as yesterday. And tomorrow will be the same as last year. <laughs> they don't do anything different. You know, they're comfortable. Another type of person who starts but never finishes. But the third type of person is somebody who starts and finishes. So what's the big difference between a starter and a finisher? Well, a big, big part is that they're not impatient. Um, you know, I'm sure if somebody came to you and said, Robert, it's taken me 10 years to get into this debt. I'd like to be done with it this weekend. You'd say, well, that's, that's not how life works at all. Like you didn't, you know, it took me 10 years to put on this weight. I want to lose it in the next three days. You'd say, well, that's really unhealthy. So one really interesting thing is that finishers tend to be more patient with their goals. They understand that, okay, it's not, you know, I'm not going to yo-yo. I'm going to figure out something that's sustainable. And so they get the size right. And we, you know, sometimes we run into perfectionism where I'll meet people that will say, okay, I'm going to start running. I'll go, great. And they'll go, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. And I'll go, whoa, whoa, have you, have you ever done a half marathon or a 10K, a 5K, even just a K? Have you ever done a K, get a tiny little medal? And they go, no, 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 I'm going to go do the Ironman tomorrow. And they think they have to have this massive goal, but it cripples them before they even start because it's so overwhelming. But if so I, a thing that, go ahead. If I could add a thing about perfectionism, one reason people never finish is they, have, they went to school they're told they have to do it right. You can't make a mistake. You can't make mistakes. No, can't be messy. You can't be messy. You have to do it perfectly. And, you know, I mean, Kim's been married to me for 33 years now, and it's been very messy, hasn't it, Kim? <laughs> well, I would think, John, that that's a reason a lot of people don't start, because it's got to be perfect. Yeah, well, they're, they're overwhelmed. And so what you find is the perfectionist often has the messiest car in the messiest office. And you go, wait a second, I thought they'd be neat freaks. 
They are, but if they can't clean it down to the toothbrush level, they won't even start. The truest sign of a perfectionist is that they'd rather get a zero than a C minus. So I'll meet people that'll say, I want to run five miles every day. I only have time for three today, so I'm not going to do any. And you want to go, but you know, three is infinitely more than zero. And so a lot of it is great finishers have worked through that. They've given themselves permission for it to take take a while. And they've given themselves permission that it's going to be messier than it looks on Instagram. And what I always say, because I'm starting another business like I always start them, but I always tell my friends, I said, I may start it, but I may not finish it because it's going to change along the way. And that and kinda, you can't possibly predict it. Yeah, and, but, I, know, I, I, but I've done ahead. it so many times that I fail and then it, I change direction and we do it a little differently. So I kind of tell that, I say that up front to people, look, it's going to be messy, it's going to be nasty. I'm going to screw up all along the way, but somehow we'll get there. That's what I say. And, that, and that's why it, I, I kind of, drives me crazy when people talk about their five-year plan. I, I, what, let me look. Let me see your five-year business plan. Well, I don't know what it's going to look like in five months, much more five years. Yeah, but they but they spend all this time putting together this specific, pretty five-year business plan, and then in the first two months, it goes left. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable when somebody tells me, here's what's going to happen in the next five years. I think, that is so cute that you think that's how life works. But that is <laughs> that is certainly not. And so, yeah, I think a big difference between starters and finishers is they, they figure out how to do something that's more sustainable. And then I would say the biggest surprise for me was they make what they're doing fun. Over and over again, we saw the importance of enjoying what you're doing. That doesn't mean it's all going to be easy. I think we do each other a disservice where we say, always follow your heart, always follow your dream. It'll be easy, and when it's not, you should quit. It's more saying, okay, this thing I have to do in order to get the results I want isn't inherently fun. How do I add some fun to it? So, John. Maybe that's like the can I add to that one right now? Because this is the big distinction. I, I meet people tell me, I'm gonna do what I love and I'm gonna do what's fun. But what most people, when most people quit is doing what's fun is oftentimes extremely difficult. For example, the game of golf. You know, Kim loves golf. She has fun playing it. But it's the most miserable, rotten game I've ever played in my whole life. It is not fun for me, but it's fun for her. And that's one of the big distinctions I say to people is just because, and you said it, just because it's fun doesn't mean it's easy. That is the reason I think most people quit is they equate fun and love with easy and And it gets hard, quick. it's like, oh, it's not fun anymore, I'm going to quit. Yep. Right, and it gets harder sooner than you thought. Yep. You know, that's oh. why I asked the, I asked the cashiers. The group, I, are well, you talking about my golf game? <laughs> it's getting worse, <laughs> <Yeah>. not better. <laughs> well, and you live in the golf capital, so I don't know what the problem is. But <laughs> I asked the cashier, when do people quit their diets at, at the grocery store? I said, when do people quit? She said, third week of January. And I said, how do you know? And she said, that's when we stop selling kale. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the gym, the third week. Yep, nobody shows goal, up. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to white knuckle your goal, you're going to hate your goal the entire time. And whether it's finances or food, you're going to be miserable and you're going to quit. Amen. You didn't stack the odds in your favor. I, you know, when, when I, I start my diet at breakfast and I end it at lunch. <laughs> and, you know, and, and John, you talk about something interesting, too. You talk about because a lot of people are we're taught to, you know, shoot for the big goal, that that big thing. Oh, B-hag. That B-hag. I hate that. B-hag sounds for big, hairy, audacious, goal, audacious goal. Yeah. I, this this college guy with an MBA came up and said, you need a BHAG. And I said, you need to get out of here. 
So what? So what's the concept? Because you know, people talk about, oh, I'm gonna, you know, shoot for the moon, and the worst case is you'll reach the stars. You know, so it's like they want well, this big goal. Uh, what happens to no, those shoot people? For the stars. That's a fun thing to say on like a CrossFit gym wall or a mug, but it doesn't work in life. And here's what happens. So then you want to lose 10 pounds and you only lose eight. Most people psychologically don't feel like they got close to the goal. They feel like they failed by two and they quit. So we ask people, if you want to lose 10 pounds, cut it in half and try to lose five. And then what happened was when they lost eight, they won by three and they tried again. Same exact weight. It was just a different way to look at it with your mindset. And so what we found is that I care more about your February than I do your January. I care more about your March than I do your, your February. I want to help you sustain it over time, whether that's a sales goal, money goal. And so a lot of times when we think, you know, your goal should terrify you, it should be to make $10 million, that overwhelms people and yeah. it doesn't actually psychologically pan out. It's much better to have a reach goal. It should inspire you. It should encourage you. But you should be able to win along the way because – Failing for a year is not fun. And if you don't have some sustainable way to keep that going, you're going to, you know, quit again, quit again, quit again. And so a smaller goal sometimes feels lazy at first, but it actually builds a foundation. So are you saying are you saying have the big goal, but then break it down to smaller goals along the way? Exactly. And give yourself permission to have it be, you know, again, there's three things you look at when you look at a goal. You look at the end result you want the time you're going to do it, and the actions you're going to do it. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they go, hey, I work at a company, they gave me my goals, I can't cut them in half. Amen. Let's talk about the actions then. Let's figure out, okay, what's the dial you control? If you don't control the timeline, you don't control the end result, you control the actions, let's figure that out. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you have big goals. It just means you try to take the smartest approach you can to make sure you actually complete the thing you're doing. If this is your 15th time trying to get out of debt, maybe you need to do something differently. What's well, guys, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Jet Radio Show. We're talking to Johnny Cuff. He's a um, New York Times bestselling author, and he's a speaker. He's the author of the Wall Street Journal, number one bestseller. The book is called Finish. Very important book, especially now at the start of the new year. So all of you who are who have resolutions going to start a business, lose 10 pounds, or just make more money or have more fun, very important book to get. The book is called Finish. So, John, tell me the, tell me the truth here. What was your biggest thing you needed to get done and you finally finished? Well, I, I would say that writing this my book. first book. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, for me, I carried around the, I was a wannabe author, you know, it's fun to tell people you're working on a book because you don't even have to be working on it. You just get to say it at dinner parties and people congratulate you. <laughs> they go, oh, good for you. And they don't even know if I've written a single word. And so for me, breaking that first kind of feeling of, I think I can actually do this. And I know it's possible because millions of people do it like every year. And so that was the, for me, the first, first big one. There's been other ones like running a half marathon or doing things like that, that I've always wanted to do. But I would say, writing a book and then sustaining that to now I've written six different books and I'm working on a seventh. That's been the goal that's kind of pushed me along. So I'll tell you what Mark Twain said. I love the saying. Mark Twain says, when people want to know how to get ahead, he says, just get started. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of people want to get ahead, but they never start. And the second thing is they never finish. So we come back, we'll be talking more to Johnny Cuff. He's the New York Times bestselling author and speaker of the book, uh, Finish, the Wall Street Journal number one. And he says the reason people don't get ahead is number one, they're impatient. 
They quit before they get ahead. Which applies to a lot of young people today. They want instant gratification, as many of us do, but that's not going to pave the way for success. Correct. And they're perfectionists. It's got to be done perfectly. They've got to do it their way, or everything must go their way. And, I, and you know, I, I'm guilty of all of those things. So when we come back, we'll be talking more to John Cuff, the author of Finish. For those of you right now, while we're going to break, think about this. What would you like to start? But more importantly, what would you like to finish? You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes? So here at Rich Dad Advisor, Tom Wheelwright, we're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the tax-free wealth about? What what's different this time? It's a rev- revised edition. Well, so what we did was is we ha- this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. It was 86 was the last one. 86 was last one back right. when I was in Washington D.C. So many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always which incentives and which ones apply to me. And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was, what is it? What changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a a, a million-dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout, It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate, and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And, of course, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. Now, why do we archive it at richdadradio.com? Well, because we're an education company. We don't make any recommendations like buy this stock or that stock or sell this or do that. Well, we go there because we're an education company. And one of the ways you learn is by repetition. Like you don't learn to be a great golfer taking one golf lesson or practicing once. So 
we archive our programs at richdadradio.com so you can listen to it again because this is a very important program. Our guest today is John Cuff. He is the New York Times bestselling author. He's also the author of the Wall Street Journal number one bestseller, Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. But also you want to do this because this program, you may have some people who don't get started. They don't do jack. And when they start, they don't finish. They're probably your kids or your brother-in-law or somebody that works with you. I mean, how many people know people who show up to work, but they went home before they got to work? They're not even present. So anyway, this is not about age or anything like that. It's about people. And as Kim says, the busiest day of the, the busiest month at the gym is January. And it's empty in February because That's everybody right. <laughs> realizes it's too hard to keep exercising and diet. So, our, so any, any comments, Kim, about John's book, oh, Finish, I, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. Get something done, you guys. Yeah, and, and you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the big goals versus setting smaller goals to get to the big goal. And even this morning as I was reviewing the book, um, I was thinking about meditation because I want to meditate every day. I want to just make that a habit. And I, I go off track and I don't do it. And then I do it and I don't do it. And I was told to meditate 20 to 30 minutes a day. Well, in looking at John's book, I'm like, well, what if I just do five minutes? Let's just start with five minutes a day. Let me start there. And I could do that every day. And then we'll see where that goes. But so thank you, John, because already I've gotten one little gift f from your book because I'm gonna, just going to start a s little smaller goal and make this into a habit. Uh, that's great. That's great. I, it's funny you mentioned meditation. I did. I had a goal to do meditation 10 minutes a day. I said, well, if I can do that, I can do 15 minutes. And I stopped the very next week. haven't meditated since. And all I did was increase it by five minutes, but it was enough that my threshold of, oh, I can't find, I can't find an extra 15 minutes suddenly was triggered. And I thought, you know what, I'm too busy. So it's funny the, th the kind of the little moments we need to go, okay, 10 is enough, five is enough, I'll build on that versus going, I should constantly increase it or it should be massive. I think that does get in our way sometimes. And it's okay to start with a 5K and build. Any suggestions for people who start but don't finish? Yeah, I think a big part of it, um, scientists kind of look at two things that motivate us, two broad things, reward and fear, or maybe consequence if you don't like the word fear. So if you go to a doctor and you want to get in shape and they know you're a reward person, she'll say, look, if you get in shape, you'll be able to hike this summer with your spouse, and that'll mean a lot to them. Or you'll be able to go on all the rides at the amusement park with your son, and that, that'll mean a lot to them. If they know you're a consequence person, they do the reverse. They say, hey, if you don't get in shape, it won't be as easy to play golf. Or if you don't get in shape, you might develop the same health issues your mom had. And so a big part of when you're trying to actually finish something is to tap into that and go, okay, when I look at my goals, am I more motivated by a little reward or am I more motivated by understanding a consequence? The consequence could be as simple as I got a new project at work and I'm going to volunteer to update the entire team on Friday, every Friday, because I know on Thursday – it'll really put the fire under me that I better have done some stuff that I can update them with. A reward, if you're a parent, can just be going to a movie by yourself without your kids. That is the greatest suburban luxury known to mankind. You walk <laughs> in and go, ticket for one. Like, you can't <laughs> believe it. So I think a big part of actually finishing is going, along the way, what do I need to encourage me? We tend to think motivation will be enough and will grow, but you've worked with too many people to know that the motivation is the highest at the beginning, and then it kind of ebbs and flows, and your why, why is that? Why, consistent. Why is that, John? Why doesn't motivation work? 
Well, motivation at the very start is the highest it's going to be because that's the, that's the main reason you're starting. So it's at this peak, and we believe this myth that it'll only grow as you go, but it tends to disappear. We did a study. We took thousands of people online through a goal study, and the day that most people quit, if you ask somebody, they'll go, what, day 15, day 20? It was day two. They quit on day two because on day one, the goal is just a fantasy. It's fun to say, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to change my money. And then day two, the work starts and motivation goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought this was just a thing we were saying on Instagram. New year, new you. Like, I didn't know we were actually going to get our hands dirty and it was going to be uncomfortable. And so you have to be ready for that and not surprised by that. And I think that's a big key. Well, that's a very good point because when people think about setting a goal, they're often trying to solve a problem. You know, like, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds, but there's a problem underneath the 20 pounds. And I think what happens to people is they run into the problem. You know, it could be an addiction. I wanna stop smoking, is the addiction, which is both mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So they're running into the problem, in my opinion, that's why people quit because they hit the real issue is not the weight, it's the addiction. I think you're 100% right. The, the analogy I use, in the, in the bird world, there's a bird called the cuckoo. We've all seen it on the clocks, but it's an actual bird, and it's what's known as a parasitic brood, which means it doesn't build its own nest. It finds a nest that has eggs in it, and it puts its egg in there. Now, the mother bird of this other species doesn't know, you know, that there's an extra egg in there, and that cuckoo hatches first. It's got a faster incubation cycle. And the first thing it does is kill all the other eggs. And then the mother bird often dies from exhaustion from overfeeding this gigantic species. <laughs> if you ever go online and type in cuckoo parasitic, you'll see these crazy photos where it's this tiny bird feeding this job of the hut bird that obviously has nothing to do with it. And I relate that to the lies we tend to believe about ourselves. And I see this all the time, where, you know, those emotional lives where I'll work with executives that will tell me, well, I'm getting a new opportunity, but I'm not creative. And what happened was when they were 14, some teacher told them, you're not a good artist, and they accepted that and still are operating against that. Or I meet people, in the, especially in the Southeast, I had a guy at dinner tell me, oh, that CEO makes $5 million a year. How do you think he sleeps at night? And I wanted to say, probably on Hungarian down pillows, like probably very well. But in his mind, there was a certain amount of money that was acceptable, and then if you went past that line, you were selfish or greedy, or, and he had this secret rule about that. So whenever he got close to success, he would self-sabotage to get back within that rule. And so I think you're right. We might think it's about weight. We might think it's about 10 pounds, but it might be that we had somebody criticize us and tell us something that we believed. And much like the bird in the nest, the more we, time we feed that lie, the bigger it grows until we're just exhausted. And I and I we see this all the time, John, in, in our, our business and the emotion, what you call the secret rules, these beliefs that people have. They don't know they have their oftentimes unconscious beliefs. So in your book, how do you how do you identify what these uh, emotions are that are sabotaging you? Well, there's definitely some self-awareness involved where, you know, the book talks about simple things like saying, well, what does that mean? Like to write down a secret rule of, OK, like for me, I had a successful blog and the secret a couple years ago. And the secret rule I took from that is if an idea doesn't blow up within the first week, it's not a good idea. And if I stop, and say, well, what does that mean? That every idea is going to have that same exact path? Like, of course not. It, it might take some ideas that are good years to come to fruition. That doesn't mean they're a bad idea. 
So I think you can ask yourself a series of questions, but I think that much like you guys know, relationships matter. Sometimes we need somebody in our circle, in our friend group, that loves us enough to tell us the truth. If they care about you, we'll be able to say, yeah, these last three job opportunities, the same thing happened. I wonder if there's a secret rule there. Or, hey, whenever you get to this one place, I think you, you sometimes think you're not good enough to deserve that, and I think you self-sabotage. We need other people because the problem is often we're so close to our own painting, we can't see what it looks like. Our, our nose is an inch from the painting, and we need some friend who's standing 10 feet back to go, Oh, that's, that's, those are water lilies. That's what you're looking at. That's, you know, and for you, it's just a blurry dot. And so I think relationship is such an important part of this whole journey. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Richard Radio Show. We're talking to John Acuff, New York Times bestselling author, speaker. And his latest book is Wall Street Journal bestseller, number one bestseller, Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. And we're talking about most people don't do jack. Some people start and very few people finish. So for all of those right now who have a New Year's resolution, I'm going to lose weight, quit smoking, make more money, quit drinking, or start a new business, this is your book. This book is called Finish. It's a fantastic book. It's simple. It's clear. The question is, will you finish it? That's the big question. Any comments, Kim? Well, I have a, a question, John, because um, we talk about the millennials and the, all the Gen Y and all of this. And, and you mentioned that one of the keys is, is, is patience. you got to be patient. Well, I know a lot of kids that um, they already think they're the best. They don't think they need to go through this process. They show up and expect everything to already be finished for them, and they're the superstars, and they're they're the heroes. Well, I, I, like, I like the kid with an MBA, and so I have an MBA and you don't. I said, yeah, and you know I don't have a job. That's the difference because I own the company, you don't. And they don't know how to own the company. Any comments there? So how do, you deal with, yeah, how do you deal with that attitude? Well, I mean, I, I think, like we said, you know, it's, it's an attitude that unfortunately isn't just one age group. It often tends to be human. Um, where I see it in older generations is, okay, I had an executive position until I was 44 and my company got sold. I no longer have a job. I have to have that exact position again. And it might be the reality is you got to climb a different ladder and it's going to take some time. Um, so I, I think a big part of that, like one of my favorite questions to ask people that are in that position is, tell me about something that worked for you before. Tell me about a goal that worked, a time you won. Because I think we're really terrible at taking forward the things that work in our lives. So even if you come to the job going, I know everything, I don't, I'm not going to dig into that because there's stuff that's psychological and emotional. It's right. going to take forever. Right. My job as your leader is to help you win again. And so, like, you guys see this, I'm sure, where I'll see people that are, you know, they go, I want to get in shape, but I don't know how. And I go, well, tell me about a time you want. And they'll tell me all these really specific discipline things they did to get out of debt and, and work on their money. And I'll go, what if you could translate just a couple of those into the financial portion? But we tend to silo our lives. So whether it's a millennial that's, you know, coming in thinking they know everything or a 44-year-old that's starting over again, I try to engage them in the idea that you've won before. And you know what? It felt really good. Like, I want you to feel that again. And I want you to work for it. I want you to earn it. I want you to know it's possible. I don't want you to think it's immediate. But I want to help interview you so that you can get some of those things out and then do the work of going where I am now, how do I apply those? I would suggest for all of you out there, you know, you talk about 44-year-olds, there's a lot of guys my age, baby boomers, they got jack, man. They have no money. They're counting on Social Security. And they got nothing in savings or any kind of retirement. Those guys are in serious trouble right now. So 
I think the first thing that people should do is get your book, and I think that would be a great start for most people. Any comments, Kim? I just have one last com- com- question for you, John, is, you know, a lot of people, when they're starting goals, some of them, some people don't even know what they want. And you talk about how to pick the right goal versus the wrong goal. How do you pick the, what is, what's the difference between the right goal and the wrong goal to start with? Well, yeah, a big part of it is that what we talked about, that self-awareness. I think that one of the most distracting things you can do is you don't really want, even if you caught it. And so maybe, you know, maybe it's something you've always been told. You'd be a great lawyer. And the, the worst situations are where I meet a 24-year-old who's about to graduate from law school, and they said, I knew when I was 19 I didn't want to be a lawyer, but everybody said I'd be a good lawyer, and now I have $200,000 in debt, and I don't want to be a lawyer. And so I think doing the exercise of really spending time going, okay, what do I currently want? What gives me joy? You know, getting your hands dirty. Robert, you said it's, it's an $11 book on Amazon. So if you're, if you're a boomer and you're going, I'm stuck, I think the one thing I'd say is remember it's not too late. If you've got breath, you've got time. And so I think the lie of if I started, you know, it's what people get depressed by compound interest when the example is if you started investing when you were a fetus, you'd have $42 billion. And they go, but I'm, I'm 40 years older than that. I think we have to remember it's not too late. That's the impatience part. Once again, with John, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Keep writing those books. So thank you. And we'll thank come you back. so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. And we'll come back. We're going Happy to the next New Year. Po- Happy New Year. Get those resolutions. And we'll come back. We're going to the next popular part of our program. It's called Ask Robert. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate, and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because we're an education company. We don't make recommendations like buy this or sell that. But we do that so... Education means repetition is how you learn best. And this is a very important program because it's Happy Year, Happy New Year 2019. And we had John Acuff on. His latest book is called Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. And as you know, at the start of New Year's, everybody makes these resolutions that they never keep. So that's why the first thing, first resolution would be to buy his book and read the book and finish the book and give yourself the gift of done. So if you have friends, family members, or business partners who need to do some soul searching and make some changes, you know, with a New Year's resolution for the new you, for the new year, 
I think a good start with getting this book called Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think this is a, a really great book. It's a lot of practical things because how often do we have we met somebody, Robert, and they say, oh, yeah, I'm starting this, I'm starting this, and then two years later we meet them. Oh, yeah, we never, we never quite finished that. Um, John says that 92% of all resolutions fail. So this is just really good practical advice. It's not necessarily easy. It's a lot of common sense. It takes, as he says, patience. Instead of having these big audacious goals that scare the heck out of you, you know, chunk it down to smaller goals that you can accomplish and win at. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's a lot of good information. So you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So we can now get the first part of this program, which is the most popular part. What's the first question, Melissa? Our first question today comes from Madison in Kansas City. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert and Kim, love listening to the show. My question is for you both. What are some of the things that you each do to overcome obstacles in your businesses? That's a fantastic mm-hmm. question. And I'll just say it's, it's, it's called one word. The question is, what is Rich Dad, Poor Dad about? I'm glad it's your favorite book, but what is it about? And the book is really about accounting. Another word is called accountability. And the reason when people start something, they can quit because they're not held accountable. They don't do it because they're not held accountable. So my problem since I'm addicted to eating, I eat when I'm upset. So I realized I was addicted to it. So when my medical doctor, Dr. Rodagopalan and his fiance, Nicole, said they wanted to take my health into their hands, it was important because health I had to be accountable. You see, I can be not accountable. And the reason people don't get things done is because most of the problems they have in their life are addictions, like the addictions to smoking, drinking, eating, sex, shopping, whatever the things are. And the same thing in business, you're not held accountable to your numbers. So recently people have been saying to me, how come you've lost so much weight? Well, I'm not really trying to lose weight. I'm just being held accountable. So I gotta go see Radha Gopalan, Dr. Radha Gopalan, he's a heart transplant cardiologist who encouraged me to to learn meditation, which I now, I've been meditating now for four and a half years. But also his fiance, Nicole, holds me accountable. And you know, she's tough. She's the nicest, sweetest person. But I know I gotta go talk to Nicole. If I didn't have that accountability, I would never have lost weight. And I'm not trying to lose weight. What she's doing is taking care of my health. And so so I have to do all these supplements and this and that. And twice a year I go on what's called a 21-day cleanse. It's not a fast, it's a 21-day cleanse where I flush out my system from all the toxins that we get from eating, drinking, and just breathing today. So. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is about accountability for your numbers, but your health is also accountability, and so is your happiness about accountability. And so, you know, Kim and I always talk about we should have more fun, which for me is tough sometimes because my work is really fun. It's challenging, it's hard. Remember that just because it's fun doesn't mean it's easy. Like golf is fun, but not easy. But I think it's getting your head straight around the idea that you need, if you're gonna make a change in your life, Somebody's got to hold you accountable, somebody else other than you. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, and and I think it's interesting. Madison asked the question, how do you overcome obstacles 
in your business. And our business is just one big obstacle. It's like every day there's obstacles we're facing. And thank God we have obstacles because then we learn from them. I mean, it's like this. It's the same question so many people ask. How do you handle mistakes? Well, we always, always have had the, the thought that there's something here to be learned. And this is how we're going to grow and our business is going to get better. So we overcoming obstacles there's i feel like there's a lot of fear in her question like how do you i'm afraid to make obstacles i'm afraid to make mistakes i'm afraid to, i'm going to have problems well yeah you're going to have problems you're going to have obstacles because that's how the business is going to grow by overcoming them and i think a lot of people have that you know that saying and they lived happily ever after again when i solve this problem i'll live happily ever yeah, after and again and the next problem comes up mm-hmm. you know every time i solve a problem i just have a new problem but if it's not fun and fun doesn't mean Fun, like ha, 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 and sitting at a comedy club. Fun means I love doing what I'm doing. I'm doing with who I want to do, and I want to do it, and it's challenging. It's still hard, but the accountability part is crucial. So if you want to get your numbers and your money in place, you know, hire a bookkeeper. Put your, num- put your numbers down on a piece of paper, like this says in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Play the cash flow game and hold yourself accountable with your bookkeeper. You will find life transforming because all of your subconscious hopes, doubts, fears, and addictions will float to the surface. That's why meditation is so crucial because I've been meditating for four and a half years now. and Without that, I couldn't face the addictions I have. So it's really about accountability. That's why they're called accountants. Or I see Nicole, who is a doctor of nursing. She holds me accountable twice a year to cleanse my body out. It's hard because all my addictions, all my toxins, all the things that are wrong with me float to the surface, and I've got to look at them. It's not about just losing 25 pounds. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Dominic in San Jose. Favorite book, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. So my wife and I have different approaches regarding finances. What is your advice on how to go about changing someone's mindset? And my advice is good luck. Yeah, that's what I would say. I tell you this, you know, I think uh, John Acuff, again, he's the author of the book, Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. He talked about one of the most psychotic subjects is money. It is one of the most psychotic, emotional, addictive subjects there is. You run into all kinds of garbage when it comes to the subject of money. The thing I always say is this, you know, that there's many ways to get to financial heaven, but there's more ways to go to financial hell. And the fastest way to go to financial hell is marry somebody who's not aligned with your financial goals. Right, Kim? That is correct. I mean, if you're, if you are not aligned financially, if you're not aligned on, on any of your goals, um, the chance of success is, is like zero. Um, but I would also say to Dominic, you know, trying to change someone's mindset, you can't, nobody can change anybody's mindset that that happens within them. You can give them tools and books and lead them to look at things, but it's up to them whether they're going to look at them and whether they want to make a change. If they don't want to make a change, they're not going to change. It's got to come from them. So I so, wish you well, Dominic. So I tell you what, money is one Huge psychotic subject. And the biggest mistake that people make is say, well, well, when I'm rich, then I'll be happy. Never happened, Joe. Never happened. You know, we have a friend, right, Kim, he's, he's retired, a young guy, he's retired. And he's the happiest guy on earth. But he's also the most boring guy on earth because all he talks about is being, you know, doing stuff. 
and he can't understand why we're working. He says, don't you guys have enough money? I said, hey, it's not about the money. But he can't understand he that. Th well, he, think, he, he says, why aren't you retired? You should be retired because there's so much to do when you're retired. And we're like, well, we love what we do, so we'll probably never retire. <gasps> oh, but you're missing out on so much. I can't imagine working all my life. Well, obviously, he didn't like doing what he was doing, and he couldn't wait to retire. And that's the difference. I mean, that's a lot about what John's talking about in setting your goals. You've got to be excited about your goal. It's got to be something you really enjoy and want versus just making money and surviving. So the thing that keeps me going personally, because Kim and I have more than enough money, that's not the issue. And we didn't, we had nothing when we started. But it's really about the, what is your mission in life? And so if you and your wife are not lined up on the same mission, then you're probably never gonna go to the same place. That's a really good point. So Kim and I are very clear on our mission and our goals. Our goal is when the time we pass this earth, you know, at one time it was to donate a million dollars a year. When we passed, we blew past that one. Another goal was to donate $10 million a year for years. We blew past that one. So now it's $100 million a year. And we blew, you know, we haven't got there yet, but we're getting close but to it. But it's a right? good goal. But it's a good goal. It but keeps us going. Yeah, so Kim and I stay aligned to that. And we're also aligned to our education. We meditate. We study spiritual books and things like this. But that's what keeps us going. If... You know, I have friends who their husband and wife are not aligned at all. You know, they have a common enemy called themselves. So with that, you know, you may as well just, as Steve Martin, the comedian, once said, he says, you know, you may as well just punt on first down. Give it up now. <laughs> but, but that's a really good point because there's got to be a bigger purpose for you coming together as a couple versus just having kids and getting a house and doing that. There's got to be a bigger purpose as a couple for you to come together. And I like that being more than trying to change somebody's mindset. Well, as I say, the number one cause of divorce is the kids leave the house. Because once the kids leave, they find out they have an enemy in commons called the other spouse, you know, and as long as they had the kids, that it, was kind of, it was purpose. kind of the kids were the glue. Yeah. But as soon as the kids start turning 15 or 16, the real issue in the marriage starts to float to the surface. And if that's not judged, if that's not handled at that time, and we're not therapists or psychiatrists or all that stuff or marriage counselors, if you don't have it, have it that way, you may as well call the attorney and start splitting the, splitting the assets up. Anyway, life's not easy, you know, and just because it's fun doesn't mean it's easy. And I thank you all for submitting your questions to richdadradio.com, and thank you all for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.